I'm just glad that car looks the same as it did when it came off the truck. On to Kansas, where they have lights. I tell you what, whenever the billboard would go white, I'd see a lot more. What a mess, man. Make sure you stop me all the way in here, please. Copy. Hi, everybody. Lawson Cindric joining you from my garage. Uh, the last case of emotion. I'm obviously not Ryan Blaney, so he's off. I'm here, here joining uh, some friends, talking about some things and stuff. Yeah, stuff and things. It's always fun to talk about stuff and things with friends and things and stuff. And you already get points because you have a way cooler background than Ryan ever does. And it looks like your internet's working better than his does too. I'm just racking up the wind column right now. You are. Happy, happy to start off good. It's going to go downhill. Well, you say what's 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 behind you? What's uh what's getting worked on there? So this is Earl. Um, Earl is my 1993 Volvo 240 station wagon, and I bought Earl off of Craigslist. Okay. I'm V8 swapping him, not just any V8, a Coyote V8, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically the engine that comes in a Mustang. So it's basically the most ridiculous car you could ever imagine and I'm building it myself. So it's been fun. It's been uh, quite the undertaking. It's taken me a lot more time than I ever thought it would. And uh, as you can see, it's still not sitting on the ground. So got a lot more work to do. I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you uh, from the first time we met. I knew that I liked you. I'm a Volvo guy myself. I've had, I'm now on my third Volvo station wagon. Really? They are like beasts. They're hard to like, uh, they're hard to kill. They're hard to kill. Hard to kill. I had a 87 740 GLE. That was my first car. And yep. it caught on fire in the uh, parking lot at Western Carolina University after it had crossed, just crossed over 300,000 miles. So, okay. Uh, and it finally just said, screw it, I'm done, and just spontaneously burst into flames. So, there's a great YouTube video out there of somebody trying to kill their Volvo 240, mm -hmm. uh, like, like putting dirt, water, running it out of oil, running on the rev limiter for like six hours straight, and they still couldn't get the motor to blow up. And the motor's like this cast iron block. Like the motor probably made 96 horsepower. This obviously has like 450, and it weighs less. So it's 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 going to be pretty stout. So I'm, I'm excited. Hell yeah. Like a Frankenstein car. It is. It is. And, I mean, I'm, I've obviously gone to take measures. Got, I got big brakes for it. Got the proper suspension. I've got tires that are way too big for this car. Um, so trying to get all that to fit, I, I honestly did debate setting up my, my, my filming inside of the car and just try to make you guess what but type of car it was or just guess yeah. where you were. Yeah. Just guess where I was. Cause I mean, the interiors, you know, pulled out of it. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. I, uh, I drove it around for two weeks after I bought it. Well, I, I took a one-way ticket to Kentucky where it was like, okay. it was like a two year ordeal trying to find the, the perfect starting car so you, did you know you wanted to go with the volvo to begin with or was it like i want to find something that will fit what i want or how'd you settle so, on the volvo initially i wanted a station wagon with a manual transmission station wagon, you get the storage and you get the performance of, of a regular car um but i also wanted it to be weird stupid and boxy <laughs> and when i raced in sweden for a swedish rally team um, I spent plenty of time up there during the winter and these cars are like gold up there because they made millions of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is like the best selling Volvo ever. They made this model from 1974 to 1993 and fairly unchanged. So 
pretty much the Swedish redneck thing to do is to soup up your Volvo 240 and drive it into a snowbank. So anytime, we, anytime we'd pass one, you know, all my mechanics, my teammates, everyone would go crazy. They'd start yelling, you know, random things in Swedish that I didn't understand. And slowly that built the passion for this car. But there's also like a weird parts market for this car for that reason, because the engine bay is, you know, big enough to obviously house a motor that size. Um, so it, it, it's, it's been easy to find parts for it, but I don't think anyone's taken it this far. Where did the name, you said Earl? So previous, the previous name, uh, previous owner named it. So oh, okay. I, I, I was wondering where, what the origins were. No, and I, I still to this day, I don't know if he just like, because I, I, I drove to his house. Like I literally took a one-way trip to Kentucky to, to go find this car and decided I wanted it. And I drove to this guy's house and drove it around. I'm like, hey, does it, does it have a name? And he's just like, uh, its name is Earl. So I'm thinking that he came up with it on the fly, but I'm, it's, it's stuck. It's got a hula girl on the dash as well. It came with the car. He was gracious enough to, to give me Layla, the hula Throw girl. Well. So, um, so yeah, I, I pretty much bought the car on the spot and drove it seven hours back in the middle of the night, which um, is a cool story. Uh, other than the fact that uh, it was a bit terrifying because the lights didn't really work and it's kind of mountain roads. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I had a, the heat works. Oh man. Swedish cars and heat mm-hmm. works like I was sweating. I mean, it was like, I think it was just after Thanksgiving. So I was, you know, it's fairly cold out. I mean, I was like, I took my shirt off. It was so hot in there and I couldn't get it to turn off. It was fantastic. Now, does it have a sunroof or is it a solid? No, solid no sunroof. I, I did. Uh, I did go to the junkyard. I found one that was there that had a really nice roof rack from uh-huh. like one of the eighties models. So I've got it sitting on top. You probably can't see it, but I got it sitting on top there right now. Um, so I'm going to get that fitted up at some point. So what's your goal for the interior? How are you going to, if you, I know you're doing everything to the engine, but like you said, you had the interior strip. What do you want to do in there? So I had to get a strip to get a lot of the wiring out because I pretty much gutted the whole inside of it, but I'd like to keep it mainly stock, mm-hmm. um, at least stock looking. Obviously having a 450 horsepower Ford V8 isn't exactly stock, but that I mean, Ford did uh, run Volvo there for a little bit in the nineties oh. and two thousands. So, so something that, that makes this cooler. Cause the only thing that's cooler is the motors and the tires. Everything else is just stupid and hilarious. Um, is it uh, Paul Newman and David Letterman both got Volvo station wagons with Ford five liters swapped into them. They both did it together as their own thing. I learned this only after I told the world that I was doing this. So now it puts me in that club. Yeah. So I I think you need to to get a meetup with them somehow. Yes. Yes. I I, I have to, I have to, I have to get it done first and then I'll hit up David Letterman and say, Hey, yeah, check this out. Paul Newman might be a little bit tough. Yeah. 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 We're getting close to Halloween. You never know, you know, know. little seance Ouija board inside the Volvo. That'd be, I mean, it's got to run first. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's next to a miracle if this thing's touching the ground within the next couple months. Is it me or do Volvos have a very distinct in-car smell? Like I mean, the smell, of, it's like the leather, if it you get leather, is something about the Volvo. Maybe it's because like as a kid, my mom had a Volvo at one point and I had good friends that had a Volvo and carpooled. But for whatever reason, like the Volvo interior has a very distinct smell to me. So, I mean, you'd have to ask my dog because my dog loves this car, like okay. literally loves it. So there must be something to the smell because yeah. the dogs, you know, maybe you've got a, a more canine sense of smell than I do, but 
Wallace is obsessed with this thing. Like I'll work on it and he'll jump up in it and just sit in the passenger seat just, just to be there. Now, have you watched the rap that's on YouTube? By, I think it's Grinch. It's called My Volvo. It sounds like I need to. You need to because he's, he's rapping about his 240DL. That's an okay. 86, and uh, it, the, like the whole thing is V O L V O my Volvo. It's pretty good. Like it's a. <laughs> I mean, I, I do have I do have planned out like a drop video for this car. Like one, like not only do I have the drop video planned out, like to the background music, the location, I have the teaser for the drop video planned out. Do, so, do you have someone to shoot said drop video? Because I know I may know a guy. Sounds like you just can, volunteered. Who can help you with that? You heard it here. Kim's my witness. Uh, I will to to promote the Volvo uh, the Volvo lifestyle uh, as I, I like to. I have I have somewhere in my in this room. I don't know where it is. The old uh, Volvo badge from the one that blew up. Um, awesome. I kept that thing. Like the the thing about that is it was a Sunday afternoon. And I parked it at, like, Saturday at, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And, like, Sunday afternoon is when it caught on fire. And they let us go back in the car while it was still on fire to get all of my stuff out. But they wouldn't put it out. Thanks. Just put it out of misery. Like, it's done. No That's, one wants this car. Yeah, yeah. It was the Colorway Volunteer Fire Department. I don't know if they actually knew what uh, what they were doing. Um, yeah, the volunteer part. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of fire departments, one of the stories that we sent over was about a Halloween, uh, house that they had like fake fire in there. Um, and they have had the fire department called on them several times. So have you ever gone too far with your Halloween decorations? So I read the article and, and the part that I don't know if it's ironic, if it's makes more sense or, or more tragic is that it's in California and yeah. like California is burning. And so I feel like that's a legitimate concern. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't fault anyone for calling that in. Um, but I, I, I have not gone too far. I think the best Halloween cost Halloween was best, best holiday as a kid. No doubt. Like adulthood has kind of ruined Halloween because you know, you don't get to be as openly creative. Yes. Maybe you do or don't. I don't know. But I, I did do mummy and toilet paper and like was only in underwear. And by the time it stopped raining, I was pretty much just in my underwear. So, that's, what that's age were you? What age is this? It's last um, year? Was this last year? This was last year. No, no, this was like that was a penguin last year. I know. Yeah. Uh, I think I was probably like six to eight. Okay. No, okay. It wasn't too, it was still, it's still old, young enough to wear it's still cute. Not just disturbing. <laughs> not like 16 to 18. No, no. At that point, at that point, 16 to 18, I mean, that's just, you go around and steal candy. at all. Yeah. You find the nicest neighborhoods when you're that age that give the full size candy bars and then you just run them yep. up. Yeah. Yep. Neighborhood down the street. They've got a, they've got a haunted trail. So all the, all the, all the moms and dads, they set up on the trail and all the kids, they go come down the trail. So everyone who lives around this area leaves their house and they leave in front of their house, candy bowls. Mm. So that's where me, my bike, my friends and our pillowcases make sure that their uh, candy money was well spent. Yeah. It's always the pillowcase. Like you, it, I, I remember like upgrading from like the little jack-o'-lantern uh, bucket to the pillowcase. It was like, I can get so much more candy in here now. Yeah, my mom was not a fan of this idea. Um, 
but she got on board enough to where the next year she at least got me a Halloween themed pillowcase. Ah. I even got mom to buy into the idea, which was which was surprising to me and, and me and my dad. I feel like the candy market's missing out on the whole like marketing the pillowcase as an option, like a pillowcase with a better handle. Maybe I don't know. I feel I like if you were really good, your costume usually incorporated the candy vehicle slash. If you were if you were creative enough. I was you, not that great. You worked the uh, Do you have an example? transportation mode for the candy into your costume or matched it somehow. Have you, have Unless you, you were just renegades like Austin and, and apparently you too, Chuck, who use pillowcases, but I mean, do, I do can't you, say do, I ever used a pillowcase. Do you have an example of such a vessel that you could dress up yeah. as? Yeah. So one year, I think I was like in third grade, I was a painting. So I used to take art class. So I like painted a huge canvas and then I cut out, it was a Picasso and I cut out the face of the painting and then painted my face like the, the painting. And then I was a painting. So I used like a paint bucket, like an empty paint bucket okay. as my candy holder. Went full scoop. Or like Dorothy. I remember I was Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz so when I was like in kindergarten. Toto. You have the basket with Toto. I use that. Like there's ways to do it. Okay. I yeah. Definitely not was not every thinking. Costume lends itself to that. But I, mean, I can appreciate efficiency. So yeah. I, kudos to you. It's good. I think mine like was like wide herb one year. So there's really nothing like wide herb had that like you're going to. Unless he had like a satchel. Wide herb have like a man purse. I mean, he might have, but like in, in the movies, the, like I based it off of Tombstone. Uh, and in Tombstone, there is no, uh, there's no vessel. It's just a, you know, he wears a scarf and a long coat, and that's it. Mm. So. Coat, if you had a long trench coat with pockets. Yeah, but then, like, you can't fit as much candy in your pockets. you got to have True. something that you can fit a that's lot of candy fair. in. Fair. Yeah. Speaking of candy, we haven't talked about it. We talked about a lot of stuff so far. Um, but the Roval was this weekend, uh, so it was a sweet treat for the fans. <laughs> a... How was it behind the wheel Saturday in the Xfinity race? Because it it looked like, for the lack of a better word, a shit show. Yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's a good way of characterizing it. I think from a competitive perspective, I think from a fan perspective, you always win. Now, the thing I did appreciate the whole race, and I even said this on the radio, that you know we got through halfway through and we realized we were going to be doing this the entire day, not just like for ten laps. Um, the fans that were there did not leave which I thought was awesome because they were pretty much in the splash zone in turn one. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, for, for me in the playoff position that we're in and, and the, the way things worked out, I pretty much just found a nice hole to where I could see and just circulated. So um, that's the most standing water I've ever had to deal with. Um, not to mention no headlights, taillights. Um, the rain tire honestly did its job. I was pretty worried about that. Um, so kudos to, to Goodyear, um, but wow, holy cow. I mean, was it as hard to see as it seemed like it was? It was harder to see than it seemed like it was. I rewatched the race, and I'm like, that's not even close. Like, I was having my spotters spot the cars in front of me, so I had no one to break. Oh, like, wow. On restarts, it was so much of a whiteout, I couldn't even see other people's rain lights. So, like, he'd say, okay, you're five, five back, five back, four back, you know, 
And then I'd start breaking when I knew, you know, I'd start closing in at full throttle. So that's crazy. Um, and then on the restarts as well, I'd have him tell me what brake markers I was at on the back stretch. So I knew when to hit the brakes because I, I couldn't see it. Or you could look out your side window and see everything. So it was, um, it was extreme. I mean, rain, it's fine. The standing water was the bit that I thought was unraceable. And uh, wow, there was some, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot. <laughs> I, I got to say, I mean, mad props to you guys for going through that because it just, it seemed like race driving in the rain in general. And especially as it starts to get darker Mm -hmm. sucks. Like that is one of the worst times, like the light, the way the glare is coming off of the asphalt. Like it just sucks in normal conditions. But when you've got all that other stuff going on, it sounds like everybody on the team was working like, double time to get it done from the spotters to the crew, to you guys and behind the wheel. Yeah. I mean, to, to the point of darkness, I realized and appreciated the cars that did not have black on the rear bumpers. And, and this, mm-hmm. this takes me back to when I, when I did some ice racing in Sweden. So I'll circle back on that because most cars in our field in the Xfinity series have black bumpers and you cannot see them. You cannot see that car. When Riley Herbst got spun out at the top of turn two, I had no idea he was spun until I was passing him and saw the white 18 on his door through my window. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I'm glad I missed that. But I, I realized when I raced on ice, all the guys I raced against had primarily white cars, and I drove a bright neon red car. And I got hit a lot, like mm-hmm. a lot. Like I got put in this, I don't know if it was because I was American, I was on their turf. Whatever it is, I got, I got either I was winning the heat race or I was getting shipped. Um, and I realized it was way easier to see and follow my car than any white car. Mm. So there, there might be a strategy there if we're going more rain racing, you know, have a dark car so no one can follow you. For those of us, including myself, who aren't familiar with ice racing, yeah. just like a little, a quick descriptor. I mean, I can use my imagination, but some specifics. A lot of sliding. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of sliding. Actually, a lot more grip than you think. So a couple, couple stories from my ice racing. Um, most of the time it's done on like a frozen lake. Um, I did all of this in Sweden. And um, spike tires. So uh, a really skinny tire, about that skinny. And they put spikes on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it like Yeah, like cleats. Um, Rally cars, four-wheel drive, around 300 horsepower, fun little cars. And, um, yeah, you, you, you have – it's rallycross, so it's, you know, six six guys on the track at a time, and, and, and you work your way up through heat races and, you know, normal, normal racing format for that kind of stuff. Um, but are, these oval, are these ovals and, like, what lengths? No, so they're, they're probably like a mile and a half track in length, but they're, they're, they're more, of like a, more of like a road course. They have jumps. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. legitimately like rally car. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. So rally, rally car, rally cross um, type type tracks. But one of the one of the biggest, most famous tracks in Sweden called Hojus is is like they, they get a hundred thousand people for rally cross races every year. Everybody comes out of the woods. This place is halfway to the North Pole. It's freaking <laughs> cold in the middle of January. Let me tell you. Oh my God, I've never been so cold. My I learned sitting on the grid of the race not to leave my feet sitting on the pedals because the metal is colder than just like leaving your feet tucked up to you. It was like, it's negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 
but the driving's fun. Like you can pitch the car into the corner, stand on the gas, like because of the studs, once you get the studs to bite into the ground, you can point the car anywhere. So it was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, but before I did any of this, we as a team, we went and tested at this, uh, you know, big lake uh, halfway up to the racetrack. And I got done. It was starting to get really blizzardy and um, couldn't really see much of what was going on. And I'd done enough outings uh, to where I felt comfortable with what I was doing. I didn't, really didn't feel like wrecking my car, honestly, because the conditions were getting bad. But some of my teammates were still running. So I decided I was going to stay there and flag everything for everybody. Um, so I, I stood out in the cold and I, you know, let everybody run four laps and the other guy back and so on until it's like three in the afternoon, and the sun's going down. Um, so Cyril, my French teammate gets done and I said, Hey man, you're the last guy. Let's go on back. So with these cars, you know, normal deal is honestly for your mechanic. Once you get done with the race, he'll stand on the back and hold on to the rear wing and, you know, you'll drive around at a snail's pace and go back. So we were racing probably a mile out. Ah, that's an exaggeration. Probably half a mile out under this lake. And I get on the back of Cyril's car and I hold on and he starts driving and we get halfway down and he stops. I'm like, what's he stopping for? And I hear him rev up and I'm like, Oh, he's just, you know, screwing with me. And he legit does a standing start. I mean, these cars like, like this is zero to 16, like three seconds. He does a legit standing start with me. Hanging on the back. And like, I'm like, okay, he's messing with me. Like he gets to like third or fourth gear. I'm like, all right, he's going to slow down. Like I'm hanging on and he doesn't slow down. Like, He's all the way up to top gear. I'm just hanging on. Cause if I get slung, he obviously has no idea I'm on the back of this car. <laughs> so if I get slung off in the middle of this blizzard in the snowbank, you know, I'm gone. They're never going to find me. So <laughs> then he stops to do another one and I get off and I walk the rest of the way back. But, uh, so that's probably the most terrifying moment I've ever had as, as an individual. Um, but glad I, glad I can tell a story about it. Yeah. I feel like there was an episode of top gear that they did some ice racing on. Mm-hmm. In Sweden, it seems like something that they that they did. Seems like something that they would do yeah. if they didn't. Yeah. It's fun. Would would recommend. Maybe not for NASCARs, but for cars that are made for it. I don't know. You know, you throw some spike tires on a you know on a stock car, see what happens. You know, we're going to Bristol in dirt, so anything's possible at this yeah. point. That well, is true. I, w- I was thinking about this when you're talking about the like being able to see cars in the rain. What if, you know, because you can throw on the uh, windshield wiper and you've got the rain tires. What if there was part of that package, like a reflective bumper cover that you ah. just throw on? Because I would imagine, you know, rookies might be easier to see because they got that yellow stripe. Yellow stripe. So if you just had like a reflective cover. So I think that idea is phenomenal until um, you realize that our headlights are only stickers and... But the track lights, the track lights. Well, we didn't have any lights. That's why it was dark. (laughs) (laughs) Just spitballing some ideas. I think it's a phenomenal idea. Brainstorming there. Not a terrible idea. Except for the fact that there are no headlights. Just little stickers. You know, the sticker headlights. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll have headlights on, on race cars again. They had to we take them. Flash them too much, huh? We flash them too much, just like the sports car guys. Whenever I got the headlight flashers, yeah. and, you know, you're always behind somebody just flashing. <laughs> do, now, do, so they're doing that just to to mess with you, or? Uh... Well, I mean, you're technically supposed to just do it in traffic. Like, hey, I'm behind. I'm yeah. going to pass you. You know, get out of the way. But 
I mean, you'll watch plenty of these IMSA races, like uh, Mid Ohio is a perfect example. Ricky Taylor and the Penske car is holding off um, Philippe Nazar in the in the Action Express car, and he's right on his tail on better tires the whole stint, just flashing every single straightaway, just to be annoying. Huh. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's part of it. It's part of it. Um, I don't know. We could go a lot of places next. Um, we could we could stick with the, what we have. We could talk about the rest of the Roval and how Cup guys did. How we thought that you know there might be the repeat of rain again Sunday, but instead we got a little bit of wet and then it dried out and boom, Chase mm-hmm. wins again. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cup race played out in a in a favorable manner to most parties involved. You got to have a taste of a Cup race in the wet, but I think those cars would have um, not the drivers, but the cars themselves would have definitely struggled more in those conditions just because they don't have the right height rules that we do and they have steel bodies. So I feel like the splitters that basically turned into spatulas on Xfinity cars uh, would pretty much get ripped off um, without a composite body. So um, I think that worked out for the best. Um, And then we still obviously got to have a taste and different strategies and, you know, the things that make rain racing fun, but in like a compact here's stage one and then let's do, the real stuff now you get a taste of it and then okay cool a little sampling yeah right i did notice that uh and they brought it up on the broadcast that that uh marcus smith brought out the uh extra lights just in case so on the infield section there was a little bit more light in case we went uh later because that could have happened yeah, no, I think they did a good job at reacting to all that. Um, cause I, I, I was, I was watching the race from above on, on Sunday and, uh, they put it all in the, all in the spots that needed it, which was pretty much the whole infield. So, um, I think they would have already been a step better than what we had. So, um, always learning. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, um, this has been so far a good year, uh, for, for you guys and team Penske in general. Um, and especially you, you I know you signed a multi-year extension, um, so, you know, congratulations on that. But, yeah. I mean, what, five wins in the Xfinity Series? Uh, you and uh, Chase Briscoe kind of trading blows there? Yeah, he's he's stretched out a little bit more. Um, but to, to follow up, obviously, yeah, been a really great year for, for us in the 22 team. Um, obviously, winning races, regular season championship, and um, got four more weeks to try and make it all count. Um, so, hopefully, that's five wins and counting. Um, so, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And, so like you touched on there, um, really great opportunity for me in the future. Kind of know what I'm doing for the next couple of years, which in this day and age, or even as a race car driver in general, kind of knowing what you have for a couple of years is, is hard to find. So, um, I got a, a lot of things to, a lot of things to direct my focus to now. And, uh, I'm excited for that. So, um, get to come back and try again, the Xfinity series next year and get a little taste of some cup cup action and then try and be ready for, for 2022. 2022 seems like it's so far away, but it'll be here. It's not. I mean, 2021's almost here. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, this season has flown by. Yeah. Well, we got four races left. You touched on it. Like, all three series are in their final four races. Everybody's in that final stretch. But the funny thing is, when we said five races this coming week, it was like, oh, it's five more races. We yeah, said, it's not like a lot, but now you're like, four, that's almost over. Yeah, like four. Oh, man, it's it's crunch time. It's, it's you done. Go. I mean, it's only a week ago. Yeah. Well, I'm not the only one. That, hey, no, this whole that. this whole season has been weird like that, that it's like, it seems like it's so long and then it's such, it's been compacted. It's weird. Time doesn't exist. It's not real. It's not a real thing. Well, like for me, like, I've got like, oh man, I'll, I'll do that in the off season. Oh, I'll do this in the off season. That's a good off season project. Yeah. I, yeah. 
behind me. Um, yeah, but that, now I've got to do all that stuff that I thought <laughs> was going to be enough. And then now it's coming. So I got to you know, put my money where my mouth is. So this, yeah. this car is going to get a lot of attention, hopefully here in the next uh, month or so. Do they still give you a trophy for being the regular season champion? I know they were doing that at the beginning. Do they still do that? I, I did get a trophy. I quite like the trophy, actually. It's, I mean, I always think it's cooler than the, like, the full championship trophy. It's, like, bigger, too. So yeah. I think it's cool, but I think it needs a friend. So oh, um, yeah. I still got to work on that. Sure. A pair. That's right. A pair. A pair is, it's like, it's like having a dog. You need two. Yeah, need you need definitely two. need two. I need a second dog for sure. Because like right now we we have one dog and I'm I'm his brother. Like I get on the floor and roll around with him, but I feel like if there was another dog there to do that, I would have less dog hair on all my clothes. That's uh, probably true. What accurate. kind of dog is it? He's a mutt. Um, we did the doggy DNA test. I thought he was like some rare ancient Portuguese brand of dog and or breed brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was very convinced on all this and we got the doggy DNA test back and they're like, nah, he's just, he's just a bunch of things. Um, I did, I did get the lineage. So it's basically like a Husky and a Chow Chow um, were his grandparents and a Chihuahua and a Yorkie were his grandparents. And based on the, the, the anatomy um, I would, I would have to imagine that the the Chihuahua Yorkie mix was was the was his dad, because the Husky Chow Chow probably wouldn't work the other way around. So anyway, that's Wallace. He's he's unique. He's brown and feisty. How how big how big of a dog is he? Yay yay big. Yeah, about yay big. <laughs> about yay. Knee high to a grasshopper. That's right. Yeah. Chuck, when are you gonna get a dog? Do you even like dogs? Yes, I love dogs. I love dogs. Okay. I don't like I don't like small dogs. I like uh, a full size full size dog. You know, that's <laughs> my dog. <laughs> no, oh, I, I I I don't want to get one right now in you know the pandemic because you know are you getting it because that's what you know you're home all the time and if if I go back to traveling again you know I don't True. necessarily want to be like hey to my mom and my sister, can you watch my dog when I'm gone? You know, so. I feel like it's now or never, though, because you're always going to be traveling. True. Like, might as well just make the most of it. Have your dog actually love you and know <laughs> that he loves you, and then, you know, be able to segment off that 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 dog in Chuck time. I think it's and, perfect. Yeah, if it's a cute enough dog and a good enough dog, your mom and sister should want to watch it. Right, she right. Knows. Well, and yep. both of them have older dogs, so if <laughs> I bring a dog in now, then, you know, that helps. The cycle. Yeah, yeah, the uh, staggering of the... Circle of life, yeah. Yes. I think their dogs are like 14 and 12. They're old. Yeah, you need a youngin in there. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I want to get, though. I'm getting a plot hound. I think I've talked about it before on here. A a what? A plot hound. A plot hound. Yeah, P-L-O-T-T, plot hound. What's the the attraction? It's a... uh, it is a it is the North Carolina State dog, and I, I, that uh, was bred originally in Jackson County, North Carolina, for uh, hunting. So they're sort of like a lab with a spotted coat hound hmm. dog type thing going on. Okay. Yeah. Do they have long ears? Short ears? Long ears. It's a hound dog. It's a hound dog. Yeah. Don't so, hounds usually tend to smell a little? Like you have to bathe them more regularly. Yeah, I think like most dogs can smell I think, hounds, I think hounds though that breed 
typically like are a little bit mustier smelling. Sounds like you didn't have a very good experience with hounds. I just, I feel like I've read that. I've never had a hound. We always had dogs growing up and I don't think any of them were ever hound breed, but I like, I like most dogs. I was looking to see if my roommate was, was here. He had for a little bit, uh, a little small, uh, Huntable. yes. And it ate my food and oh, no. it was just not, I hate small dogs. I'm not a fan of small not dogs. about small dogs. I would never, never, if there's one thing I can control in whatever future relationship I have. It is not small dog. Yeah. If there's, I'll take throw pillows over small dog. Any <laughs> it's got to be able to sit in the passenger seat of the car and you think maybe that's a person. Yeah. I would agree. If I step on it, I'm not going to kill it. Right. Right. That is also true. Or like roll over in the middle of the night, like squish it. You don't want to be squish squish hazard. Although I w- there is one type of small dog that I would consider, which is a dachshund. They have I don't know what it is about them, but they have a lot of personality. They do, and they're cool. Like they're just kind of cool dogs. They're pretty chill, but they got weird little short legs. Um, yeah, you know, hot dog guy. Huh? You like hot dogs? Is that how this? I mean, it could be. It could just be like hot, hot dogs. dogs. I mean, okay. we, I got to ask this question. Sandwich or, uh, or taco? Is a hot dog oh, a sandwich dog. or a taco? Is a, is a hot dog a taco or a sandwich? Yeah. What is a hot dog? What does it classify I've, as? I've never heard of the taco reference. I've always been asked, is, it, is a hot dog a sandwich? That's, yeah. There's no or. But I, I'm passionately against the fact that it is either a sandwich or a taco. Taco, very creative. But the hot dog is the sausage. Yeah. The yes. bun, the taco, whatever, is the vessel that carries. Yes. We've talked about this. You and I have talked about yeah. this. I was dressed as the penguin the last time we talked about yeah. this. Very passionate. Hot dog is the sausage. That was, I, I remember that. That was a good, that was a good conversation. I also, you, does that mean your team sandwich? No, it's it's neither. It's neither. It's its, it's own thing. Know. No, the the hot dog itself is you don't buy, uh, you know, a package of them all put together. Yeah. Okay. But maybe a hot dog needs to be its own category. Like, why don't we? Why don't we think? Why wouldn't a taco be a hot dog technically? Do you ever buy sandwiches that are pre-sandwiched? Like, can you buy a pack of sandwiches? I mean, yeah. you, you can. Like from a vending machine. But are they packed? Like, it's just one that's wrapped up. But they don't. But they don't call those hams. They call <laughs> they call it a ham sandwich. That is fair. So would it be a hot dog sandwich, a sausage sandwich? So that's that's the debate. A link, actually, you should just call it a link because it could be a. Depends on what kind of. You could have a broth. You could have a so then a hamburger. Sausage, all beef. What's a hamburger? A hamburger is a sandwich. Hamburger is a type of meat. It's a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> type of meat you get. You get. You just need to start throwing sandwich at the end. But that's also like saying horse riding versus horseback riding. Like where else are you going to ride the horse? I mean, easy, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Easy there, Charles. 
This but is you not. Get, I mean, so you got to breathe. Victoria like, I, can, I can I can appreciate the efficiency, but the hot dog, the hot dog is the sausage. Hamburger is the meat. Well, I think we can all agree that they are delicious. Here's a question: Why do we not eat corn dogs like a corn on the cob, like this? <laughs> so a psychopath <laughs> would do that. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> If somebody does that, if if you see somebody eating a corn dog like that, what is your first response? I walk away. <laughs> I walk away. Do you call the police because maybe they might uh, be a serial killer? I mean, that's like the person that takes the bite of a burrito on yeah. a meal instead of always, or like a banana. You don't you don't eat the banana perpendicular to the you know it's it's completely wrong. Here's a question. Do you eat a banana like a monkey does or like a human does? Are you saying, do I leave it in the peel while I'm eating it? No, like like monkeys are very ingenious in that they hold the stem part and they peel it from uh, what we consider the end. So you have a built-in handle, which is not the popular way to do it for the human species. So We always break the stem and peel it downward when if you break it from the bottom you technically have a built-in handle for your banana so i've never heard of it explained that way but if i have a stubborn stem and i can't get it to open it actually is extremely easier to open it from the bottom so that's why i will have gone from the bottom to the top but otherwise no i guess i'm a basic human started at the bottom now we're here that's right yeah Last, this is the second time bananas have come up in, in two weeks because Ryan almost ate a banana yeah. on oh, camera right. last week. It's like, just... She'll make eye contact with the camera while you eat Break it apart. That. It's potassium. It's nutritious. No, it's great. They're great. You're getting at here. I love bananas. It's just... He's promoting healthy eating. <laughs> but in the world that we live in, if you were to eat a banana on camera, somebody's going to freeze frame that and somebody's going to make a meme. So You're sick. We're just You're trying to... They got yeah, horse riding screwed up the wrong way. Look, man, I watch a lot of weird documentaries. Moving <laughs> 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 on. Okay. Define documentary. Yeah. No, okay. Classification standard for a documentary. <laughs> it's a, a video that's on the internet. That's a documentary, right? Uh-huh. That's Did how. you watch that My Octopus Teacher? No, I haven't yet. I haven't. I haven't no, th- the reason I say that is there was always the... Um, was it Queen Victoria that they always made that? No. Um, Russia. Queen Anne? The Zo- Anne? Catherine. Catherine the Great. Catherine the Great. That's who it okay. was. They yeah. always made the, um, there was always the rumor that she may or may not have had uh, horsey friends. Yeah, I, I did hear that. It's funny. I learned that in 10th grade. You don't think they'd teach you that in school, but it came mm. up. I don't, it's, that is a very good question. Like, especially with a lot of historical things. They don't teach it in school, but then somebody in the class knows it. So is it that they go home and they're it's like, oh, we're talking about Catherine the Great in school today. And their dad's like, oh, you know what they said about Catherine the Great? No, they watch movies like The Favorite. Did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. That's where. Okay. I haven't seen The Favorite. Well, I don't think that one's not about Catherine the Great, but it's definitely rumor-esque things about royalty well well I, i'm the student that would have asked my teacher by would have asked i mean i am the student that asked my teacher if she had any idea about it um which sparked great class discussion and 
um, pretty much stalled out the class, which yeah. is usually my goal as a student. Yeah, divert. Hey, that's the that's the fun. Well, that's how you learn. That's learning. It's not that's right. stalling things out. You're asking questions, and questions promote learning and understanding. Fair. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know who, you know, needed to hear this, but I'm going to say it. Columbus never set foot in North America. So yeah, a lot of people don't know that. But we always think, you know, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 and he found America. The end. Also, America found him. <laughs> he was the one lost. We need to have Leif Erikson Day. Because I like that. I like a good Viking story. The Viking. The Vikings came over here like 500 years before. Uh, I know. Yeah. And Vikings are way cooler. Isn't that a SpongeBob thing? Leif Erikson Day? It might be. That that was definitely in SpongeBob. SpongeBob was a little bit past my, but. If, yeah. If you, totally, if you say totally so. had Leif Erikson Day in SpongeBob. And see. That's how I, that's how I learned about Leif Erikson. That's, that is great. That car, That's what I love about cartoons, too, is that they teach you as well as entertain. Hmm. SpongeBob, I saw a thing on the internet the other day about it, a documentary, if you will, um, that was basically talking about how they were promoting, like, or creating awareness for pollution because all of the houses in Bikini Bottom are car mufflers. Oh, interesting. Some, like, hidden teachable moments. Rocco's Modern Life was big for that. That is true. Until just now, I did not even think that those were car mufflers. <laughs> and you're a car guy. I've watched SpongeBob my entire childhood. I've known cars my entire life, and I never knew that those were car mufflers. SpongeBob <laughs> lives in a muffler. No, he lives in a pineapple under the sea. Absorbent yeah. in yellow. But all, the, all the regular people that you don't care about, those are car mufflers. 100%. Apparently, Leif Erikson thing is, Leif Erikson Day is already a day. It's October 9th. Um, what just happened? Yeah. Why didn't we celebrate that? We should. Random sideways note, because you were talking about pineapples. Have you seen where they have engineered a pink pineapple? Like, the inside is pink. But they go for, like, $46 a pop. I'd buy one. There's a name for them, too. Would you eat it, though? They're really pretty. Or would you just Why would, uh, would I eat it? Like, yeah, I mean, this, if it tasted like a pineapple, I love pineapples. This pineapple is this like a pink lemonade thing? Is it just because it's pink? No, they've like like cross-engineered it. It's called, um, it might just be a pink pineapple. I feel like it's very much like if you're a social media like influencer, you probably would spend the money to get a photo. It's called a pink glow pineapple, and it took 15 years for Del Monte to develop it. What? Yeah, what? I meant to say, I sorry, I meant to send oh. that. It says, uh, I want to know how you pitch that to like the execs at Del Monte, yeah. like to get yeah. the, the funding to do that. It's like, so I have this idea, pink pineapples, $49 a pop per pineapple per pineapple. How much was it? $49 per pineapple. Wow. I mean, I mean, that's racking up the development costs from 2005 yeah, exactly. Hey, years ago. But if you start Holy selling cow. these, you're going to make that money back in no time. I mean, influence. I'd buy, one. I'd buy one. Probably never would buy one again, but I'd buy one. What if it's the best pineapple you've ever had? Then I'll tell everyone else that it's the best pineapple I've ever had and go back to buying orange or yellow ones. 
I've never been a big pineapple fan. It says the so-called jewel of the jungle is billed as both juicier and sweeter than a traditional pineapple, featuring a delicious and completely unique taste that boasts notes of candy aromatics. But it sounds like a new candy flavor, like blue raspberry, pink pineapple. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. I mean, I think, I think that's the market they've opened up. I mean, we could make a pink pineapple candy, mm. and everyone wouldn't care about the actual pink pineapple. It's the candy. Maybe that was the so, long game. Like, that yeah. was, like, Ted Del Monte was like, you know what? I want pink pineapple candy. Ted? Is that a real yeah. person? You I don't know. That up. Yeah, Ted Del Monte. That's, that's the head of Del Monte <laughs> Foods, right? I don't foresee <laughs> his first name being Ted. Really? But... I, I think Ted is a... You never know in this day and age. What's the translation of Del Monte? Because it might not even be a name. Uh, well, it's it's it two like words. Del it's Del Monte. It's two. Uh, Let me see if it'll come up. Del Monte Foods. Oh, I don't know that it translates. I don't know if it's a name or if it is directly translatable. I feel like it would be a name, right? Hotel Del Monte. Um, da, 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 yeah, like that. <sighs> I got nothing. I don't either. Huh. I mean, they, what do they do? Mostly like. Maybe Jim. Like Jim, Jim yeah, Del Monte. Like fruits. I'd buy yeah. fruit from a Jim Del Monte or a Ted Del Monte. I'm just saying. Like, good, strong first name. I'm going to buy some fruit from you. Maybe. You seem like a fruit salesman that I want to be a part of. It was probably just. There's, I don't I know. I don't even think there was like a guy. Because I'm this guy, George Newell Armsby, is the one coming up when you search Del Monte. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's, it's a term. Yeah. I like, think so, too. Like, I mean, Monte is like, that sounds like Monte. Monte Casino. Monte, Monte, uh, Monte Carlo. It's a, what is it? Oh, I think it, became, it was a hotel first, and that's where they got the name from, maybe. That's I don't know. Anyway. These are the rabbit holes that uh, yes. we end up going down of... What does it mean? There's a Del Monte family history. Just saying. Maybe there is a Del Monte on family. On Ancestry.com. Oh, the... the on Google. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I have my computer up so I can, you know, when these things come up, I can just go down these rabbit holes. Um, it could be something random, though. Like, like for instance, Walmart family. Like, their last name's not Walmart. True. I mean, it's not Sam Walmart. <laughs> Doug Demidome. Yeah. Dimstone Demidome. <laughs> Sam Walton. Walton is the name. Huh. Oh, well. Yeah, Walton. Just. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. So many things. For your pink pineapples. Yeah. Walton. Yeah. Anyway. Pink pineapples. You can give out the pineapples on, on Halloween. Um, there was, a, I was, there was, a, I was going to try and make a transition from pink pineapples to the glow of the lightsaber that was created. Mm. I don't think it's a pink. There's not really a pink lightsaber. It wasn't like a transition. That was like a no, You could use the you. lightsaber to cut actually, the pineapple. Don't make the, you don't make the jump. You actually fall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the first of its kind. I mean, yeah. the first pink pineapple, first actual retractable lightsaber. See, that's Fair. why we need Austin Sendrick on the show is because he can make these transitions he's good at shifting gears no thanks that was bad (laughs) 
That was terrible. I know. That was terrible. <laughs> but I'm here for it, and I apologize immediately for making a bad, bad pun. I'm I'm excited about the lightsaber because there's nothing nothing more intriguing to me than picturing just like eight or nine people going to battle for our entertainment with a lightsaber. <laughs> like this is how modern era gladiators start up. Yeah. The thing that, that it, it's sort of like to me watching it, it's like a hybrid of Ghostbusters and Star Wars because you got the backpack. Uh-huh. Yeah. So right yeah. now it, it, they can't compact it all into the actual saber part. They have to have it connect to a backpack. So it looks like a <laughs> Ghostbusters backpack. Hmm. But it's exciting to like, it can cut stuff and it doesn't like, cause that's the thing of the thing. When you look at like the lightsaber, right? It yeah. stops. Yep. How does it just stop? They got, well, that was, I think that was the difficult part. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. figure out how to, like, yeah, you can make a bright laser beam that cuts through shit, but yeah. like, it keeps how going. Do you, how do you get it to, to stop? So, so that's, that's the, the, that's where people smarter than, than, than me. Way, 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 way smart. It's like the guy that came up with the pink pineapple. They're thinking outside the box. I'm, I'm more on board with the lightsaber guy than the pink pineapple guy. How long did the lightsaber, though, take? That's the, the real question. Did it take 15 years of R&D? I mean, the concept of the lightsaber, what, 1970? When was the first Star Wars? 1979? 79. 79. Sure. So that's the inspiration. 77. 77. 77. Yeah, so I guess technically, if you're taking that into consideration, the development was even longer. But I mean, George Laser came up with the first laser back in what the. Um, laser. The... Here's my pun. The fruits of this guy's development are, are much, much higher. I like it. You like that? I like it. It works. First laser was 1960 by Theodore H. Mayman. 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 So it was not George. Laser. But it wasn't laser. Isn't laser. Wasn't it originally an acronym? I think you're right. I think I've heard that before. Like the word laser was an acronym originally, I thought. There's something because you like. Or taser. I know taser was an acronym. I think. But it was like. I think it was like a terminology light uh, light amplification by stimulated yeah. emission or ra- of radiation see laser laser yeah see, that's why that's why we bring kim on the show all the time not all yeah. the time she's on the show yeah. that's some useless knowledge that helps us out you have a lot of useless knowledge don't sell yourself i do short. i am filled with junk knowledge that's why we do this show yeah, we, just, that's true. we need an outlet for like an hour a week to just expel shit for mm-hmm. <laughs> an hour to be like, okay, good. Now I can go have a normal conversation with people. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, something, something that's been of mind for me the last couple months um, on the Star Wars topic, I have been binge watching the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon um, for about the last month and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because I understand that Ahsoka Tano is supposed to be in the new Mandalorian um, this season. So I'm trying to get educated yeah. on the front. Uh, there's something empowering as an adult watching a cartoon. Um, I would agree. So I'm, I'm halfway 
through being caught up with all six. There's like 20 episodes a season. It's ridiculous. I haven't watched it yet. Do you recommend it? Is that a, is it a good? It's not bad. It's not like you're not sitting there the entire time. Like you're actually surprised they let kids watch something. There's still people getting stabbed and so on. Like it's, it's still full on Star Wars. Um, There's some episodes that are a bit useless Mm -hmm. as far as like the reason why I'm watching them. Like a lot of it's, for me, I'm I'm there for the character development. They're just there to entertain a bunch of, you know, eight to sixteen year olds. Yeah. But overall, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's been good. Um, but I, I think there's something about her story that I don't know, like why she's not a Jedi and all this other stuff that I'm still trying to understand. Okay. Hmm. I, that's like the one. Like I haven't. I've. I'm big with like the movies and all that. And Mandalorian. I, I mean, Mandalorian was just amazing that first season was probably one of the best tv shows i've seen in a while i mean this is the way oh yeah oh, you, have you seen it kim i have not watched the mandalorian <sighs> so good what maybe i'll put it on my list as like my off season i mean it, binge. the directors just alone I heard it's great. the directors alone are amazing okay like, the guy that did jojo rabbit is 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 oh, in it and I does and directs Rabbit. a couple of the episodes and see that would get I knew that would get you. Yeah, that would get me. I did love I would Rabbit. Highly recommend you start Noted. That. Noted. I'm about to finish Shit Creek. I'm like a third of the way through the final season. So once I finish that, I will put it on the docket. Yeah, that's a must. Like you don't even have to be a Star Wars fan to like that. Fair. Yeah. Because it's it's kind of disjointed, like it's there's not like a there is an overarching like season plot, but each yeah. episode is kind of self-contained and gives you this, you know. Okay. Cool. Have you heard how like they call it like Star Wars like a space western? Like that's a term. Yeah. Plot. Yeah. This is like the space western of space westerns. Like it is totally a western. Okay. And like and the music spaghetti westernish. Like it gives you that yeah. sort of Italian feel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's good stuff. I'm sold. You sold me. You don't need to sell anymore. I, it's on the list. That's, that's the Do trouble. It. I tend to I tend to like oversell stuff. Oh, me too. Yeah. It's probably why I'm single. Because I probably oversell myself. Oh. That's a bad joke. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Kansas is coming up. You can your number up on the bottom of the screen, Chuck, for all the single ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I want to go out that, like that, that, uh, that, that route. No offense to the thousands of hundreds of glass holes that are out there. Tens, tens of glass holes that are out there. Um, you know, just like one eight hundred to date me. One eight hundred dog to fix that. There you go. Well, I, you know, a dog. I've got a nice deck now, so I can go hang out with the dog on the deck. It really is all building up to a dog, and then. Mm-hmm. And then a date. Right. Deck. Dog date. That's a timeline. Don't know how long the timeline is, but it is a. Well, you're only on part one of the timeline. So deck dog date. You're you're still working on the deck part. Right. Then you move into the dog phase, then the date phase. Kim and I just set up a dating plan for you within. You did. We're your consultants. Let's go. <laughs> you're welcome. Coon and Cindric, dating consultants. CNC. LLC. CNC LLC. LLC. I like yeah, it. There you go. <laughs> You could also start a music factory. Or that. That one might be a little bit before uh, mm. Austin's time. CNC Music Factory. Mm. Did they? Did they I do? Mean, I'm not even that familiar with. Did they? I did mean, they do? I got the power. 
I mean, you said CNC, and I'm thinking like machining. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I thought CNC. Yeah. Like, I've got a lathe behind me, but I don't have a CNC. I mean, that's a bit that's a bit too much. Aggressive. CNC uh, Music Factory. C and C Music Factory was yeah. going to make you sweat. Here we go. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, there was there was things that make you go, hmm. Really? Yes. Okay. Things that make you go, hmm. Was that early 90s? Yeah, 89 to 96. And then they had a resurgence in 2010 to 2011. Hmm. Can't say I've ever heard of any of those songs, but they sound spicy. You, I guarantee you, you would know them if you heard them. I would okay. agree. But uh, given like copyright laws and all that and podcasting, yeah. can't can't quite play it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Kim could try and sing it, but it you know never ends well. Um, never ends well and drives away lots of viewers and listeners. Yeah, MRN has been on her about that for years. Mm-hmm. So I always I always enjoy listening to whenever I'm at the racetrack watching the cup races, and I switch over to the MRN channel to where you can hear what you guys say, like yeah, outside of the broadcast, and you do some singing. I do. I do some singing. I have some uh, joke telling I partake in, um, lots of puns. So it's very entertaining for those of you who make it out to the track. There I, I enjoy it, but it's so much so that I'll laugh while you guys are talking about it. And I'll be in like this serious room with all these people <laughs> from Penske or our sponsors who are intently watching the race. Or maybe something bad has happened in the race. Yeah. And you know, they're not overly excited. I'm just sitting there giggling in my seat. <laughs> I feel like there have been several times that, like, I've heard Kim say something when I've been at the track and, like, sent a text, like, really, really. I was... mean, I'm not shy to drop some innuendos, yeah. too. I'm, I, yeah. It's also fun if you're standing on pit road because it's, it's coming in in real time. So, like, when you see the mm-hmm. reporters talking in the microphone, like, I'm listening to it and I see them talk. And when they're doing, is it the cue? Is that what you all call it? The yeah, the cue. Yeah. <laughs> like, see that and I just, like, I want to go over and just be like, just, just stop. Just, just, it's funny. It's good. I get it. It's great. But it's like, come on. Yep. They say the same thing about this show. So. Fair. Anyway. Um, well, Austin. Anyway, Kansas. Kansas is coming up. This is how we generally wrap up the show. We go to, oh, what's coming up next week? Got it. Kansas, Kansas is coming up. Kansas, the, the round of eight race in Kansas has sucked for me the last two years in a row. So. Oh, you won Texas earlier this year? It did, you're right. Well, Kyle Bush did win Texas till he failed heights. But so, I mean, it's not, technically. I gotta, technically, yes. I have the counts. cowboy hat and the trophy. Yes. So I'm all about it. So um, they just hand you that cowboy hat in like the parking lot? Or they're like, hey. Here's pretty much. Hat. Yeah. So victory lane photos for me. Another good story. I'll try and keep it short. Oh, you're, apparently you're, you're good. You're good. No, you're good. My victory lane photos, I'm wearing my street clothes because I'd, it was like an hour after the race. Like yeah. I'd taken off the fire suit and everything. Well, I traveled to Texas and forgot my luggage in my car. And we traveled there the day before, so I didn't wear any of my actual team clothes. So I had to go to Walmart to get pants, underwear, shirt, everything. And the only thing I had, luckily, was my Penske pullover. So that's what I'm wearing in my Victory Lane photo in 110-degree weather, wearing a pullover. Because that's all I had with team branding. So that's that's a good capture of that memory. Um, but yeah, Kansas, looking forward to it. We led a lot of laps there, um, and finished second. So, um, excited about that. Hopefully everything doesn't go down the toilet like it has the last two years, um, at that race in particular. So do my best to prevent the flushing. 
and uh, try and win a race. Here's a question. I know we're trying to end here, but you're talking about technically winning Texas made me think about it. Which would you say is a more legitimate win? Is if you are the second place finisher and the first guy's cheated technically because he hasn't finished inspection, so you end up getting the win, or it's like a rain-shortened race, you're leading, but the race doesn't finish, but you win, which is like a – they're obviously both wins, and they're both legitimate wins, but like which is the better win? So I haven't been – I've only obviously been on the one side of things. Yeah, you've only been on the one side, but, like, thinking about it, I feel what like, would you be more proud of? So it's not like we weren't a factor in that race. Like, I ran him down, we raced for a little bit, he won the race. You know, beat me on the final restart, he won the race. So felt like we deserved to finish second. That's probably why, you know, first place, yeah, it's cool, it's great, it's trophies, points, and, you know, we're still the best ones there that passed tech. Um but the rain thing, I think, would probably be a little bit better because you can still go, yeah, but nobody else did that. We still won. You know? Yeah, you were leading. You can still blame yourselves for putting yourself in that position. You still take some blind sense of pride. Okay. But I'll still take the win. Any, any scenario, I'll take the win. Because, man, I feel, I feel like the rain-shortened one, a lot of times that's a strategy call, like, True. to stay out. or like it. I think it all uh, – but if you're the second place guy and you win because the first place guy has essentially cheated, if they hadn't had a cheated up car, what we I say cheat loosely because it didn't pass inspection, then technically if their car wasn't the way they had built it, would you not have been leading if they hadn't done that? Yeah, I think that's I think it's a valid question. I mean, in my scenario, um, we're talking small fractions of inches. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they gave him a chance and they didn't. So it's a win. I mean, yeah. it was so much so that I walked out of the holler and like everybody's congratulating me. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, like I'm going home. And yeah. they're like, no, no, no. 54 is going to fail tech. Just wait 30 minutes. Mm. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Take anyway. it and you got the cowboy hat to prove it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cue up the uh, exit music. Uh, so we can wrap the show up. It's basically a minute, 30 seconds where we can just, uh, wrap up our conversation and, you know, put a bow on it, if you will. And also mm-hmm. tell all of the fans to rate and review on iTunes, uh, subscribe on YouTube, uh, download this. We're all podcasts are downloadable and, uh, yeah. Go buy Austin Cindric shirts. Sell them out again. Yes. Do that. <laughs> hopefully we'll have more actually i know what i'm doing so hopefully that means you know we can make more t-shirts yeah that's a positive um you said put a bow on things chuck do you wrap your christmas presents i do i attempt to but i don't put bows on them i just oh god <laughs> i can do fancy bows if you want to hire me actually i generally will go and buy a bag and like put the gift in there with tissue paper on top bag guy yeah that is the the lazy man's wrapping. Hey, for my niece's uh, birthday uh, back in July, I stopped at the Walgreens on the way to my sister's house, grabbed a couple of, she was big into unicorns, so unicorn coloring book, unicorn bag, boom. She never knew the difference. That's true. They're kids, they don't know. But, are you a, are, do you wrap? I do wrap all my all my Christmas present wrapping is in Star Wars wrapping paper, so you know which ones are from me. Okay. 
Um, the first one looks terrible. The last one looks immaculate. It's always a, a process of remembering what to do. I like it. Much like this show, it's always a process I, of remembering what to do. I wrap my brother's first, and then I wrap my mom's last. So <laughs> Smart man. Well, Austin, thank you for joining us. And, uh, yeah, so Glasgow's have a good day. Any final thoughts? No. Let's go to Kansas. Woo.